Hello there, and welcome to the first episode of Where Main Street Meets Tomorrow. I'm Abby. And I'm Kayla. And uh, we are two best friends from Texas and Virginia who love all things Disney. Yes, we do. We met back in our Disney College program in 2015, and it was love at first sight. So true. So true. And it was so long ago. Yep. Feels like yesterday, but that's what magic will do for you. Oh, yeah. And ever since 2015, we have been just chugging along on this Disney train. Yep. We talk about Disney constantly, and we just, one day, Abby said, you know, we should just make this a podcast, and instead of just talking to each other, we should record it and let other people share it and use our knowledge. Definitely. I mean, we talk about it so much anyway. It makes sense to record it. And it makes sense to really share our perspective. I think we kind of offer a unique perspective because we are not only Disney fans, but we are generational Disney. We are second generation Disney. We are old Disney, as they say. Yep. OG Disney. We have memories early back from when Epcot was at the height of its glory oh, and yeah. Figment still had Dreamfinder. I mean, oh I can't get much more classic than that. <laughs> It is I will so never true. get over the fact that they took him out. It is so true. So I hope that through this podcast, we can share in laughs and share in experiences and also share in all of those awkward moments that happen at Disney that no one wants to remember. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, God, we can make a whole podcast on just awkward <laughs> moments. Uh, but we just hope to accomplish through this podcast, you know, share our knowledge and give some helpful tidbits and advice for both the the Disney fanatic and Disney um, aficionado who goes every year and maybe the person who's never been before and you're just curious what this Disney hype is all about and why everyone is so obsessed. So hopefully we can share some of our insight, give you some do's and don'ts and some helpful tips. Oh, yeah. And I thought it would be really fun for our first episode to kind of tell you guys where our Disney journey started and how they've kind of progressed throughout the years and led us to uh, the glorious Disney obsessed people that we are today. And so Kayla, do you want to start this little journey for everybody? Wow. Glorious Disney. We're also <laughs> Disney narcissists. <laughs> that was the second choice for our podcast name, but uh, yeah, we weren't brave enough. Narcissist. <laughs> yeah. Someone already took it. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Just a little bit about me. I started out going to Disney uh, straight in the womb. Mm-hmm. I was a young fetus strolling through uh, the through Main Street. And just, I remember my, my, some of my fondest and first childhood memories were going to Disney as a family. I grew up in a uh, missionary home. So Disney was our yearly vacation that we chose to take. And, uh, you know, just like I said, some of my fondest memories were strolling through Main Street or Epcot and uh, experiencing all of the attractions. I remember the uh, the parade at Epcot for the Year of a Million Dreams with the the puppets just, oh, man, that the soundtrack for that still gives me goosebumps to this day. And I just, I remember thinking growing up, like, how cool would it be to work for this company that their whole main goal is to create happiness and share magic with families. So that really, that inspired me, that motivated me. And I grew up thinking, man, I want to do that. Um, And that led me to, in 2015, applying for the Disney College Program, which I ultimately did. And it was truly one of the most ex- amazing experiences I've I've ever had in my life. So what about you, Abby? Um, How'd your Disney journey start? Well, real quick, I 
I really want to do this podcast with open honesty and like be really honest with our listeners. And I feel like, I feel like you're kind of holding back on your actual origin in your, in your Disney story. So can you please tell our, our listeners, all two of them, my mom and your mom, um, where, where it actually took place, where your Disney beginning actually happened? Well, thank you, Abby, for bringing that point up. Yeah, I guess I did forget to mention uh, one little detail. Sorry, Mom. I uh, was conceived on a Disney trip, not um, at Disney, but definitely during a Disney trip. Uh, the the magic came home with them in the form of me. So <laughs> to, say <that> I, <laughs> to say I have Disney running through my veins would uh, be an accurate uh, statement. I mean, how many people can say that, though? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I haven't looked up the Facebook group, but I'm sure it's out there somewhere. <laughs> you were born into Disney greatness. I sure was. It's exactly it what never it's left to be. Me. It never left you. <laughs> My story is definitely not as exciting in the beginning. My mom grew up in California, so she grew up going to Disneyland. And then she moved to the East Coast with her family when she was about 18 or 19. And uh, that's when she got introduced to Disney World. And uh, if you ask her now, she's still going to choose Disneyland, um, which that's a whole nother podcast episode because there's some beef between Disneylanders and Disney worlders. And it, yeah, we it's crazy. It's, it is a completely different culture. You're right. Yep. We, we could go into great depth on that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so I grew up going to Disney World every year. It was our like you guys. It, it was our vacation. Some people went to the beach. Some people went camping. We went to, you know, Port Orleans, Riverside. That's where we ended up going most of the time. And so, did you ever stay in one of those bougie rooms that had the Aladdin's lamp as the no the water fountain and the headboard lit up in fireworks? <laughs> we weren't rich, no way. We stayed on military discount. Shout out to military discount. Any military families out there don't know about Disney military discounts? Hit me up. Because I will let you know how amazing it is. But yeah, we went every year when we loved going every year. And uh, every couple of years, we'd head back to California and go to Disneyland. And we had like a bunch of traditions, too, that we would do. We would uh, the stairs. Do you remember the stairs in the uh, New Orleans Square? Like it was like a big winding staircase with like tables around it. I have pictures of... Is this in Disneyland or Walt this is, Disney World? This is Disneyland. And I have pictures of my family every years, all the, every other, every couple of years that we would go, we would take pictures on um, the staircase. And uh, last time my mom and I, it was just my mom and I going because it was just a one day trip while we were out West and we went to go get a picture done and we were going to like make it funny and put like my dad and my sister and then you know my sister and I are both married we're gonna add in all the extra family members but guess what it's not there do you want to know why it's not there club 33 club 33 not only did did Disneyland you know not make it accessible but they mocked us with (laughs) us not being able to afford to get in (laughs) their bougie club the bougie club Club 33 and all of its secrecy that's another podcast for another date it is definitely something that we now the pinnated the Disney Yes. Yeah. I, I told my mom that we one day will get into Club 33 at Disneyland and I will get her her family picture with all the new family members in it on the stairs. So that is definitely a goal. Um but that is a 
yeah, that's a great goal. Uh, and I feel like that is where the Disney obsession will one day take us both. It's kind of funny that you mentioned, though, the the picture, the annual picture. My family also had a tradition each year of taking photos in one specific place. And it's cool because if you go through our albums, and one of these days I need to pull the photos and actually make a, a collage or put them all together. But every year that we went, we took a picture in front of the fountain in uh, the United Kingdom of Aww. Epcot and World Showcase. And you might be wondering... I but I don't remember a fountain being in the United Kingdom and that's because it's a very tiny fountain right outside of the restrooms yeah. on the right hand side so it started out as just something my sister and I looked cute on the fountain I think a family member was in the restroom and they were just waiting and she snapped a picture but every year it was always so fun asking people shooing people away you know the dads who were waiting for their their wives and kids who were in the restroom you know just sitting on the fountain so a lot of fond memories of of shooing people away as they're coming out of the restrooms. Just I magical backdrop. Yeah. <laughs> magical backdrop. <laughs> it's Epcot's got so many good picture to- like places though. Especially yeah. if you keep going and you know where the I forget what the show's called, but the show that's in the United Kingdom at Epcot. There's like the little the old sixties rock band show that happens. Oh yeah. Like the little a, well, pavilion. Yeah, they had a tribute to the Beatles. They kind of rotated out. Yeah, It's different, but it's all British-themed for the most part. And Epcot, too, holds a special place in your heart because that was your home park where you worked in the DCP, right? Oh, my Atlanta. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So we, you know, now that we've gone through our background stories of, of how we developed this obsession, it both led us, it led us both to 2015 applying for this DCP. We didn't know each other. Um, I applied very last minute. I was currently going to school at Cedarville University in Ohio. Yay, cornfields. And um, I was like a week away from studying abroad in Prague because I, I, I needed to do it for my degree. And my degree had nothing to do with anything that Disney was offering in classes. My degree was in international relations. And I got an email from the Disney College program saying it was like our last chance to apply for that fall semester. And it was like 1030 at night. And I was like, mm, okay, let's go. Let's do it. Why? Why the heck heck not? Let's do it. And so I applied and I got through to the web-based interview where they basically ask you like a personality test and they're, they want to know in this situation, how would you react? And there's really like no right or wrong answer. It's just... What would you it's do? really a quiz on how decisive are you, which Abby and I had to overcome because we're two of the most indecisive people on the planet. Yes. And it was very hard not to put like partially agree for every single answer because I didn't know because neither of it wasn't like you see an old woman, woman fall. What do you do? Laugh at her or help her up? Like it wasn't one of those. It was very like <laughs> the answers were very either one would work. Specific example. You had that just right there in your back pocket. <laughs> well, it was it was just something that made me very nervous. And I was like, wow, this could go either way. And then I I think you had to like pass one more, but it was it was a lot of like, what's your major, you know, what are you doing? Where do you live? What's your GPA? Stuff like that. Just a bunch of technicalities. And then they wanted a phone interview. And I got asked to do a phone interview. And I was in Prague at the time that they scheduled it. So it was like 11 p.m. my time. 
I shooed all of my new roommates who I had never met before out to the bar down the street, which they were more than happy to go. Um, but to the bar down the street, cause I was like, I don't want anyone listening in on this cause I'm going to get nervous. And I had a phone interview and I don't remember the guy's name, but he was absolutely wonderful. It was so fun. It didn't feel like an interview. It just felt like talking to somebody, talking about the different roles you wanted. And I really wanted a role with like a script, a spiel. I wanted a spiel ride. You wanted to be a Jungle Cruise skipper. I, I, (laughs) that is such a sensitive topic. I still can't to this day ride the ride without feeling equal parts joy and equal parts hatred for all of the people who ended up being jungle cruise skippers i just think it's the best ride at disney i just do the best ride to work at disney i think it's so fun you get to tell dad jokes all day like how it's just amazing that or a great movie ride i wanted great movie ride because that's fun too rest Um, in peace seriously but mickey's runaway railway is is pretty fantastic if i if i do say i haven't done it yet Oh man, it's great. I'm when so excited. Open, we'll hit it up. Oh yes. Yeah. So I ended up at, I got Epcot and I got the news that I got Epcot future world and I wanted to crawl into a ball and cry because I thought I was going to be stuck on universe of energy. And, um, which she lovingly refers to as the Ellen ride. The Ellen, the the Ellen ride. <laughs> I know the name of it, but it's the Ellen ride and, um, nothing wrong with the Ellen ride RIP. But people went on it. I mean, my family went on it to get a educational 40 minute nap. Like that's, that's what right. it was for. And so I really wanted that role where I was interacting with families who wanted the magic and the kids like it, you know, and I was panicking. And then after my traditions class, I got the little slip of paper that says I got the C's with Nemo and friends and turtle talk. And I just about lost it. I was so excited. And it's still like, I think is the best place to work. It was magical. It was absolutely magical. I got to do a little spiel with the kids. That was hectic though, but I got to chill with Crush and I got to um, work an Omni Hoover, which was really cool in my opinion. Her calves looked fantastic by the end of the program. She had such nice round calves. You know what? But people didn't appreciate you answering questions. Honestly, because I'd have those dads who were like coming off the ride and they're like, do you ever count how many miles you walk a day? Like expecting me to be like, oh, that's a good idea, dad. But we actually would. And so sometimes I would answer and I'd be like, oh, it's about 10 to 13 miles, depending on the rotation. And they just kind of look at me like, okay, bye. (laughs) Keep doing what you're doing. But my role was complete opposite of yours. Complete yeah, that's true. My problem was not so much that I was walking a lot, although I did walk quite a number of steps to get to my work location. Yep. I remember it took you about 15 minutes to drive at <laughs> so easy. and maybe 15 minutes to get there from the parking lot. Not even. For me, for me, it was quite a trek. I remember I'd leave the house about an hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes before my shift, and I was lucky if I got there 10 minutes early. Uh, but yeah, so my story is completely different than Abby's in that I applied the day it came, the applications hit. I also completely stressed about the web-based interview, but made it through. I did write down my interviewer's name, though. Her name was Nancy. <laughs> Shout out. So I was able to call her Nancy 60,000 times because I read that that was important and people like to be called by their first name. 
Uh, but I probably emphasized a little too much the fact that I had experience working in a uh, band booster concession stand because I landed myself in quick service food and beverage. Uh, and at first, I, I mean, you you get that you're kind of like, dang it, I wanted. I mean, I'm I'm not different to Abby or most people. I wanted Great Movie Ride or Jungle Cruise or something like that. But uh, I got quick service, and you know, I I really decided, you know what, I'm gonna make the best of it. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of. Uh, fun things about this role and there's going to be some things I may not like but I, I had heard and I'd read that was this, the case for most roles so I went into it with a pretty good attitude and uh, just you know didn't have much expectation but I landed probably what could have what easily was the best location for me personally I was an outdoor food vending at Magic Kingdom uh, and for those of you who don't know what that means that means I was selling the my, uh, Mickey Mouse ice cream bars and the ice cream uh, sandwiches and popcorn at the different stands across the park. Yeah, you now, were. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I love, loved that job, One, well, there were several reasons, but uh, I am an ice cream popcorn coffee fanatic. Those are my, I could live off those three things. So the fact that I got to sell two of those three things was just a joy and a dream come true, but also just the guest interaction. I mean, I was right there in the middle of the action. I was in the the flagship park. I got to wear so many different costumes. You know, if you're in a different land, you you get to change out a costume. And some weeks I was in three or four different lands and got to, you know, wear all these different amazing costumes. And I just really loved it. So I wasn't walking as much as Abby, but I also was standing quite a bit. Yeah, you're, uh, and you had longer shifts. I did have longer shifts. I had later shifts too. Mm-hmm. Abby would typically be home by nine 9.30 or a little bit later, um, some of my shifts would run until two or three in the morning. But uh, I d- honestly, I didn't mind it though. I was a big night owl. I loved closing down Magic Kingdom. I can't think of anything more magical than being the last person in the park. It's just, it's an incredible experience. And yeah, so it, my my college program, as I mentioned earlier, it was truly a culmination of years of loving the company and loving the brand and getting to be a part of the magic making. I saw so many little girls that I was able to make a magic magical moment for and give them an ice cream. And I just had this surreal out of body experience going, wow, like it's as simple as it is. I remember being that little girl and having a cast member make a magical moment for me. And the impact it has on you is truly it's, it's remarkable and it stays with you for the rest of your life. So I hope that through this podcast that we can really can just do it be an extension of our college program where we're going to make magic with you guys and for you guys by sharing some of these fun things. And maybe you can reminisce with us and give us some ideas of what you want to hear and what you want to have us talk to you about. I, I mean, that's all I can hope and dream for doing this. We've been having so much fun, just like setting it up. And uh, we're so excited to just keep this going and to keep talking about something that we all love and continue to grow to love so much, which of course is Disney. Where dreams come true. Where dreams come true. That's it. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll have our next episode out probably in the next week or so. But uh, we look forward to talking about the magic and giving you guys some of our knowledge. And we will see you real soon. Bye now.